Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping high six and seven figure entrepreneurs build amazing online companies and incredible lives. I'm your host and fellow e-commerce entrepreneur, Andrew Uderian. Hey guys, Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. And today we're doing a follow-up on an episode that I did with Noah Kagan from sumo.com and Dave McGeady from wildson.com in the spring of 2017, where we tried a little experiment. And the experiment was this, how much could we really impact a business by making two to three changes that you could accomplish in under 30 days for less than $1,000? And the idea was trying to identify the highest leverage points in the business. And so that's what we talked about back in that first episode. And today we're following up on that episode and covering three things. If you stick around, here's what you'll learn. One, how the changes went, how the implementation went for those those three changes that Noah and I recommended, the conversion rate impact it had on Dave's business, and some musings and thoughts and reflections on what we would have done differently in terms of the changes, the experiment, and just kind of the whole process. So always interesting, always fun to, you know, kind of put yourself out there. And we had no idea, obviously, how this was going to go. And so it's, it's, those are sometimes the most exciting episodes for better or for worse. So excited to share with you the results and, and talk you through the process. Hope you enjoy. Before we jump in, I want to thank the two sponsors that helped make the show possible. First, a big thank you to the team at Liquid Web, who I used to host all of my my sites and stores, uh, ecommercefuel.com, the private directories that we have in the private community, and the WooCommerce store that I run, and who now is offering a completely managed solution for WooCommerce. So if you're on WooCommerce and you're looking for a rock-solid platform that's built from the ground up to make your store shine, look no further. Two big reasons why you'd want them. The first one is elasticity. They manage traffic surges for you painlessly. So if you get on Oprah, if you get on the, you know, the front cover of the Wall Street Journal unexpectedly, you're going to stay online when it's most important, even if you get hit with a barrage of traffic. And secondly, they have a whole suite of tools that help you stress test your store, really designed for, for store owners who want to put their store through the ringer and they you know, want to make sure everything's working perfectly. They've got a staging environment that lets you run you know, simulations on your store as well as test out UX changes and enhancements. So to learn more about them, check them out at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. And secondly, I want to say a big thank you to Clavio, who makes email automation easy and powerful. Of course, Clavio, their, their really killer feature is their segmentation and their data that they pull in, allowing you to create really customized segments to target via email. But I want to talk about quickly today their Facebook integration, which maybe you aren't familiar with. And it can do some really cool things. It'll sync your Clavio and your Facebook accounts. So you can, for example, if you have a segment in Clavio of all the people who have abandoned your shopping cart, you can take that same segment of people, create an audience in Facebook and target those people on Facebook to try to, to, to get them to come back and complete. Same thing, maybe you have a segment in Clavio where somebody purchased later hosen, but not your 150 ounce beer stein. Well, you can, same thing, sync it over to Facebook and target that audience on Facebook based on the data you have on Clavio. It's pretty cool. So if you're not using them, check them out. You can get started with a free trial at Clavio.com. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's discussion. So I'm back on the air with Dave and Noah. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks, Andrew. I missed you, Andrew. <laughs> I missed you too, Noah. It's been too long. So excited to dive in and see if Noah's and my advice is worth anything at all, if it's worth $5 or maybe $10, we'll see at the high level and see how how things worked out with the changes that Dave made. And if you'll remember, we'll do a little bit of flashback, but earlier this spring, Noah and Dave and I got together to talk about his website and talk about changes he should make to really try to improve his business. Let's take a listen. 
So, and it'll just, I think it'll make it easier for people to wrap their minds around what you're offering, what they want to buy. So, mm. okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, two big things. I think it's fair to say, Dave. How do you feel about in the next thirty days? Getting subscriptions turned on by default on the product page, and then really working on simplifying that homepage. Noah, would you say those are kind of maybe the two biggest? I love that. I think yeah. Keep it simple, man. Okay. And then collect email. Turn on Sumo and just collect. You have like you're only getting five percent of people buying. That means ninety five percent are not. Everyone's always like, oh, 5% is so good. I'm like, yeah, that means that everyone else is just leaving. So, and we're happy about it. It's like, yeah, I make money one out of 95 times. Anyways, yeah, I think those three things are great. Simplify homepage, subscription all by default, collect some emails. You don't have to send the email. Just start collecting them so when you are ready. So Dave, the three things that kind of Noah and I distilled, I think, in terms of what we were hoping you could take action in terms of the highest leverage points in your business was three things. Simplifying your homepage, collecting email addresses with a pop-up, and turning on subscriptions for your product to try to get more recurring revenue. And so let's, maybe we can dive into those one by one. Let's start with the homepage simplification. So what, what did you change? Got a list. Maybe we can, I can go through these and you can kind of talk about what you did and, and what changes you made. So for the homepage simplification, a new headline to really incorporate kind of the, the, the idea of a speedy food plus deliciousness. Was that something that you worked in? Yeah, we, we changed the headline. You know, we changed it to, to better food, making healthy taste delicious. You know, at the time, I thought it was good, really good. Yeah, I did like it at the time. I'm not sure if I like it anymore, but we can talk about that a little bit more deeper if you want. Cool. So you did make that change on the headline. And then I noticed that the homepage looked a lot better in terms of moving all the products to the homepage from kind of a buried shop page. Your your pictures on the clickable kind of icons on the homepage are, are really showing off the food versus the packaging. So that looked great. The only thing I wondered is we had talked about putting the Kickstarter video because you had such a good Kickstarter video uh, on your homepage and your About Us page. And I don't think it made it on there. Was that something that you thought about doing or why didn't that make it on? Yeah, we just kind of gave up in terms of sort of cost and, and effort from listening to some other people as well. I, I think the kind of amount of people who actually watch the videos is pretty low as well. So we thought, well, we just use a picture for the moment. We've kind of never got around to, to actually doing that video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'll let you take uh, email pop-ups and collecting emails because that was a big one of yours. Well, it is interesting, Andrew. I think you're kind of highlighting. So David, did you, what, what were you prioritizing instead? And you're saying you're getting busy. Well, just you know, other stuff in, in the business as well. We had a certain amount of time to to give to, to this project. We have to draw a line somewhere. So we said, okay, let's just leave a, a photograph there. You know, we'll, we'll come back to it. And, you know, it's one of the things that we, we haven't, haven't come back to yet, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I've noticed even in our business where it's like, what's our most important goal? And then I look at all the different things we're doing and we have a, you know, every business, Andrew's business, mine, everyone listening. And then it's like, well, what are the actual major things that are going to move our business? And so I do wonder if like you, how your prioritize, prioritization was around that of what things are probably going to move your business the most. And, and do you think you did those over the past, you know, 30, 60 days? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the video. I mean, you know, we've had videos before we, we have videos on the side and it's surprising how few views they have. We got to justify stuff. And I just didn't think it was something that we could prioritize at the time yeah but you know there's a bunch of other changes that we made which i think were great so you know for example i think you know both of you guys had a really good suggestion and that was like previously we just shown you know pictures of the packaging of our food which was a shame because there, you know we've got some great photography shots of our food and we've replaced the shots of packaging with shots of the actual food in use, which kind of makes it look a bit more appetizing. What about the moon good good at number two was was collecting emails with a pop up was was Noah's big suggestion. How did that go? 
Yeah, you know, we we tried it for a little while. You know, it didn't really work so well. You know, we didn't really collect many email addresses. I just couldn't get my head around giving an offer like a discount code to existing customers. Instead, you know, what what I tried to do was figure out a way to offer the discount code just to to new customers. Um, so in the end, I kind of gave up on that one. One of the things I was talking with Andrew about is that, you know, I've, we've grown AppSumo and Sumo, and it's only from from our email list and it's a pretty sizable business. But two things I've noticed a lot of people say is one, I don't have time to grow my email list or I don't want to grow it. And it's because you probably haven't seen results from it. And then the second part is that, hey, I don't want a discount. And so the, the, the two things that I'd be curious about is one, when's the last time you've emailed, you know, your subscribers or your past customers? Today, we have a very active email list. We use Intercon. And so how often are you emailing your customer base? It depends every week, but if they've purchased recently, a little bit less. So, you know, if they're a kind of a lapsed customer, we might email them a little bit more. Just depends. I'm actually kind of surprised. So you're you're saying that email list is very effective and it's very useful for your business, but to put more things on to help collect more emails is not something you've been interested in or you haven't been, you haven't, I'm just curious why you haven't prioritized that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we did, we, we had the pop-up for a little while. It didn't collect an awful lot of emails to be honest. Um, you know, we collected some, but not, not all that many couldn't find a good way of doing that. And that sort of got shelved in the end. <laughs> But, you know, maybe, maybe we should just have the pop-up back again. It's also relative, like, what's not a lot? I guess I'm curious, like, if and you don't have to do the discount, but if you're getting, you know, I don't know how many visitors a good day are you guys getting now or a month? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't know. Okay. Well, it should be generating between around 1% to 5%, especially on an e-commerce business, to subscribe to email subscribers. Yeah. Which sounds like if you're emailing them a weekly thing, which I, I really like, or at least monthly you're communicating, should definitely make a, a difference in your business. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe we'll give it another go. Yeah, maybe we will. Yeah, got your analytics up here, Dave. Looks like you're getting about you know eight thousand visitors per month. So you know, looking at that, you've got oh, probably about you know two hundred fifty plus per per day. So you know, times that by five percent, and and what you're looking at 10 ish emails per day between five and ten. Was that what, about what you were getting? No, I don't think we were getting that many actually. Yeah, you know, I I think maybe it was a case of. You know, I was trying to find something kind of a perfect solution. In the end, uh, you know, we kind of went with nothing. We just, in the end, we we just sort of gave up on that. But yeah, maybe we need to have another look at it. Yeah, I want to want to move on, make sure we get through everything. But maybe one parting shot, and know if you've got uh, one tip. I think I'm, email is can be so hugely effective, and I think maybe one thing to to maybe try going forward. Is it's not that it takes a while to get that offer right for that opt-in. I was chatting with with Andy Hayes. He's done incredibly well with with blogging. It's an episode that's already come out. I'll link up to that in the show notes. And one thing that he he mentioned that's worked really well is he doesn't do discounts for a lot of the reasons you would expect. And what's worked really well with him over as he's seen as kind of emails evolved is just simpler offers. You know, they have something on their opt-in that's like, do you want more tranquility and peace in your life? Sign up for our newsletter. And that probably isn't gonna work for you, but Maybe it's not a guide to refined sugars. Maybe it's something where like, hey, here's the top three super easy, fast recipes to eat healthily on the go. Or maybe it's, I don't know what it is. But I think if you can test everyone, there's, there's, there's something there to line up. And if you can test, it might take a little while, but I think it's worth doing it to unlock that email because it's, it's a pretty valuable channel. Yeah, I think the problem that we got to was get them over the line and, and get them to, to purchase differentiate between existing customers. We don't want to send them offers because, you know, it's just not something we want to get into. 
And we just couldn't find a good way of doing that. I'm sure there's ways of doing it, but that's the kind of road we were going down. And the end, we just got frustrated and just kind of gave up. So yeah, that's that's where we got to, but maybe we'll have another crack at that. Nice. No, any any parting thoughts on 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 email before we go on the last last section here? I think the overall thought is just committing some amount of time. I, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I have, you know, here are things that I think are going to make the hugest difference in my business. And I avoid a lot of it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. And then when I actually just like sit down and commit and say, I'm going to do it in one hour, turn off my phone and get it done. I'm like, oh, it wasn't so bad. And I think, you know, one thing is limit your time constraint. And then the second thing is, how can you work on activities like an email camp email or other things where you're not having to, it's not a one-off because once you get that pop-up going or email collection in whatever way possible, maybe it's a smart bar at the top, or maybe it's underneath the, the buy button, wherever you figure out is, is good for you. You don't have to do it anymore. And, and so try to figure out more ways to do that in your business versus like, oh, I have to go set this up and kind of have to keep revisiting it. Yeah. Awesome. And the final thing that we had chatted about Dave was subscriptions. So turning on those subscriptions by default on your product page and maybe on a more meta level, but trying to get a sense of, you know, what's your customer lifetime value? How long do your average subscribing customers remain customers? So, so how did things go in terms of turning that subscriptions on, on by default for people when they added products to the, to their page, or at least having it be an option on the product page? I haven't really done anything. You know, we made a bunch of changes, stuff that I think it's pretty good, but you know, the subscription one was just, it, it's just something that I really just could not do. And you know, I'll explain why we have to give a refund, a full refund. So we might've shipped 50 euro worth of stuff to them and it's a food product and we, we can't take it back and sell it again. That's a huge cost. And customers are really angry as well because they think they've been tricked. They think that we have subscribed them to something. And if we have subscribed by default, I, I just could not imagine how awful that would be. For that reason alone, I, I just I just couldn't do that. Yeah, and and Dave, I'm not trying to harp on all the negatives. I was just trying to kind of like focus on the the two or three big things because because no one and I were trying to find that the biggest leverage points in the business. I think you know just from reflecting on it myself, I think that a kind of subscription by default is is a great way to do it because you know you can entice people into that model by giving a deeper discount. And I know a lot of people do that, but with a physical product, particularly food, once you've sent it out the door, you know, we are actually obliged, well, in the EU to give a refund. What well, you mentioned that there were a couple other things, like other good changes that you made that we had talked about on the show. What are those? I'd love to, to kind of dive into some of those. Yeah, well, you know, I think the I think the biggest change was using a lot more of the great photography that we have. And I, I think I think it works really well. So I think showing these food products really changes the the whole vibe of the site. So I, I think that's brilliant. You know, another suggestion that was made was that we simplify our menu. So I think that's made it a lot easier for people to see what it is we do and to find the way around. We also added upsells to the cart page. So when someone's checking out, they can see very quickly some of our most kind of popular products. Yeah, you know, intuitively, I think it's a good idea. I think we could probably do a little bit more of it, but definitely a step in the right direction. So let's let's be chat about kind of results. What if it's actually you know made any meaningful change in your business? So so when did you make the majority of the changes? By Dave? Yeah, we so we we actually made the changes in May during during the month of May. So kind of step by step, we we made most of them then. Got yeah. So we. 
And were there any other big changes that you made between May when you implemented those changes and you know October, like anything? You had mentioned a price increase. It sounds like that was pretty incremental, but any other you know migrating shopping carts or any other major events that could have impacted this? No, no. So maybe at a maybe we can do it at a high level, you know, a yes, no, if you think this was successful in, in improving the business and then we can dive into the numbers. What do you think? Do you think it helped the business? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think And don't 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 be afraid to throw us under the bus. We can uh, we can totally take it if it didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I do. I mean, intuitively I think that you know, what we implemented really good suggestions, really good ideas. It was good to have an external viewpoint stuff that we probably should have done a long time ago, but we just kind of couldn't see anymore because we're snowblind. You know, arguably we should have given some other stuff a go as well. I think what we did implement was was good. Yeah, and it's interesting doing a little, it's a little more nuanced on, on the data. This is something that I, it was kind of a shortcoming on my fault. I should have done a better job when we set this whole thing up saying like, hey, here is how we're going to d- determine success. Because I, I don't know about, about you guys, David, know there's a lot of times when I'll do stuff for my business and I'll just be kind of on a lark. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to redefine, I'm going to rewrite the sales page or we're going to try this initiative. And I don't from the get-go set up a, hey, what's winning and what's losing? And like, how, how am I going to know if I'm successful and am I going to roll it back if I don't meet these criteria? And that's something, I don't know if you guys are better at that than I am, but I'm traditionally pretty bad about that. So on my side, I should have better, done a better job of setting up like, you know, the rules of the game and how we were going to measure this for you, Dave. Anyway, quick, quick numbers. So like May... I was looking at your conversion rate because I feel like that traffic is really variable. Conversion rate can tend to be a very still imperfect, but maybe a better proxy for for how well effective it is per visitor. May conversion for you was was 3.02%. In October, it was 5.29%, which is a nice little jump up. Looking at your data, you know, like January, you were 5%. And then March, you were dropped a little bit to 4.8. And then April stuff fell off a cliff, like to 2.91%. Like, you know, conversion rate down, you know, getting close to like 45%. And even digging into the, the traffic mix, you know, looking at like, you know, early of the year versus April, the mix stayed pretty close to the same. Like organic was still your number one, direct was right behind it. The, the traffic mix didn't change a lot, but your, but the conversion rate across all of those channels fell by close to 50%. And so it's, and you know, you've said there was nothing major that happened. So it's interesting. I think another big lesson maybe we can take away from this, and no, I'll stop talking here in a second. I'd love to hear your thoughts, but is it's really hard if you're not A-B split testing everything. There's so many variables in a business, so many inputs, so many different things coming in to try to isolate what it is that makes a difference. You can definitely do it, but I think there's an interesting debate to be had too between of like, do you just do what you think is best and move quickly or do you try to A-B split test anything? One of my thoughts with Andrew, what, what you know, I think a lot of businesses, this happens, including our own. So it's like, hey, revenue's down. And you're like, okay, it's down. And it's kind of like a driving, flying an airplane and, and things aren't going well. And you just kind of don't have the right odometers. I think too many businesses actually track too many metrics. But I think for Andrew, if businesses is not going, it's not in a growth curve or it's not going where he wants to go. Like, what are the key indicators that will show what exactly is off so that you can actually correct it? So I think that's part one. Like, what are the key things? So like, did you like, did organic traffic drop? Did paid traffic drop? Did referrals, did you get not featured like you normally do? And figuring out what are the things that, that you need to be happening to make sure you, you have the right, you know, altitude. And the second thing, it's, it is interesting because on one hand, Andrew, I, I always recommend just move really fast and then see how things go. But on the other hand, I definitely, we've made a lot of mistakes where we've made a change because we think it's right. And subsequently, like six months later, we're like, wow, revenue has been down a long time. What did we change? 
And it's because we like for Sumida conference, since we made something a paid thing that used to be free and it seemed kind of a good thing the first few weeks, but then ultimately it slowed our growth down, but we didn't see that in the big picture. And so I think you have to be kind of aware if you're making changes that have a bigger impact than just changing some of the text on a page. Yeah. Do you have, I mean, you've got a much, much larger organization, Noah. Do you have some kind of framework? Like when people do big changes, do you lean more toward, Hey, let's, it sounds like you do kind of let, let's see how it works and then, then revert if you have to, or do you kind of have, are you, I guess what I'm asking is, are you better that I, than I am at having a framework for making changes, determining if they're successful and rolling them back? Otherwise, or do you kind of wing it kind of like I do? I do want to highlight that most of our changes don't work. And, you know, we've tracked this over the years and it's like 80% plus of our tests and optimization stuff doesn't actually work. And so I think that's a, a good message of you have to just keep trying things over, over a long period of time. That's number one. Number two, what we do is that we document everything. So what happens, I notice as businesses go on is that you lose institutional knowledge and you lose experience because it just like you just start over again to some extent. So in GitHub, we track actually all of our tests and the outcome. So even as new people join, there's some knowledge around those things as we've gone on with our business. Dave, do you have a, any thoughts on like what causes so much variance in your business? I don't. I just don't know. I, I mean, we do have some seasonality for sure. You know, I, I think there was something that kind of affected us in brought, brought down our conversion rate, but I'm not sure, not sure what it was. You know, it's funny, you know, May, June, we're making these changes and I guess we kind of thought, well, you know, we've made some changes. It's always going to get a bit worse before it gets better and probably put down any of the fall and conversion rate to, you know, the kind of work we were doing on the site. But, you know, I think there might have been other causes as well. One thing that might be worth we're thinking about just uh, kind of came to me here as I'm looking at the numbers is your highest converting channel by far is referral traffic. So I, I'm pretty sure that's like people that have blogged about you or mentioned you organically and, and, you know, people clicking through a link to your site. And it, it's, you know, it's anywhere from 10 to 13% and, you know, only generates about 7% of your traffic. So going forward, it, it, I think it'd probably be worth diving into there, looking at who's referring you and, and which, which of those, you know, you're, it's probably coming from, I'd say, if I had to guess, two or three top sources seeing what kind of audiences are coming from those top referrals that are converting at just astronomical rates and doubling or tripling down on that. Because if you were going to move, you know, if I was going to try to move the business, you know, looking at that, it seems like it would be one of the best levers you'd have. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Noah, did you have something else you're going to say? I think one thing is that there are best practices. So you can go look at, you know, some of these e-commerce sites that have done a lot of the things and, and kind of, or blog posts about it and you, you can copy it. But you also just need to be careful to check to see like, one, is this how you want to be? And two, how do the numbers actually hold up for yourself? We've had things where like in our email templates, we added a bunch of upsells in the email. So it had a bunch more products. And at first revenue was great. But then over time, we actually noticed our open rates went down because people were like, ah, I'm just getting sold a lot in these emails. So just be aware of what you're looking at as you're making a lot of these changes. I think it sounds like day that that would have helped you. Dave, going through this process and going through running your company, you know, if I'm starting an e-commerce business or other people running it out, th running their own out there, what kind of things based on this experience and just in general recommendations do you have? Yeah, I guess it's pretty useful to, to get people who don't know your business or your products to look at your site and to, to ask you questions that you don't ask yourself anymore. I think that was probably the most useful part of, of this exercise. One other thought with that, it's something I've been thinking a lot lately and I, and I do it in different parts of my life and not, not perfect at it, but definitely working on it. It's like, do you have anyone as like a coach or anyone for accountability to say like, you know, we checked in with you, I think now it's like three months later, but is there someone that you have that you can be like, hey man, here are things I say I'm gonna do and they kind of work with you to make sure you get them done? I don't know, no. I have like a health coach <laughs> and I talk with them every week about things I'm gonna eat. 
And I also have a business guy. He's actually the same person where I say, here's what I'm going to get done this week. And at the end of the week, he holds me accountable. And if I don't do it, he just talks to me about it. It doesn't punish me. It's just more like, you know, what happened? And I know because I have that, it works for me to get more things done, or at least the things I say I'm going to get done. Yeah, for me too. It's really hard because there's, I mean, hitting all, all your goals, it's really, it's difficult to get all the things you know you need to get done done. That's like the hardest part of being an entrepreneur. And I've got a group of, you know, probably five other guys that I meet with every couple of weeks here in Bozeman, we sit down and have coffee and talk. And part of that is goal planning. And for me, this last quarter, I didn't hit all my goals, but there was one I remember specifically, I got two out of the three that I'd committed to. And one of them, there's no way I would have got it done if I didn't know that those guys were, there's no way I could go into them and say, I only, you know, I only got zero out of three or one out of three. It meaningfully made me do some painful things to get that goal done. So it's, it's because we're all, I, you know, otherwise I, there's a lot, most of the stuff that I have on my plate, I probably wouldn't get done. So that's an awesome point. No. What, what were some of your goals or is that for another episode? For that little quarter, there were three things. One was getting the mastermind, kind of an internal, what I'm calling deep impact masterminds for our private community set up and launched. And that one I, I hit. My second goal was to launch an e-commerce school job board by the end of the quarter, which I did not do. I just failed based on kind of Dave, what like you were talking about, like just other stuff comes up and life gets in the way and you prioritize things. And I, I didn't do it. Third goal was to take each of my daughters on an overnight camping trip in our van, just one-on-one. And I did get that. So those, those are the goals. But yeah, maybe, you know, kind of in wrapping up, what do you guys think? Noah, I, I know you love life lessons. If you haven't been listening to Noah's podcast, uh, it's called Noah Kagan Presents. It's really good. I've uh, had him in my ear the last couple of days and really good episodes. Enjoyed your one with Tynan. That one was really good. Enjoyed your one with the guy who retired at 40. I'll link up to both of those episodes in the show notes. Check it out. It's a great, great podcast. But you talk a lot about in about like life lessons in there. So I don't know, maybe in kind of wrapping things up, all three of us can maybe conclude with, in a nod to Noah, a life lesson or a big takeaway from this whole whole experience. And I know you kind of did already, Dave, but maybe we can all do one in, in ending here. So Noah, why don't you go first, Dave, and then I'll wrap, I'll wrap it up with mine. Oh, no pressure. Thanks, Andrew. Come up with something life lesson changing. So I've got one because it's something that we've been doing and working in on our business trying to improve. And basically what we've been doing is called the three minute rule. And I think this kind of applies to Dave and myself. And and I think anyone who's listening, basically the three minute rule is anything you can do in three minutes, just do it now. And I think there's a really strong life lesson, not, you know, maybe it's five minutes or maybe you're better than me and you can do 20 minutes or 60 minutes. But I think a lot of us uh, for me, I know I have this stuff on my list. And I'm like, ah, I'll get to it. I get to it. And when I finally just, if it's like fast enough or it's just one thing, I'm like, just go do it. You can actually get it done. So anything that's been on your list for a little while, if someone's listening, just go do it right now. Yeah, I, I guess it's my turn. I don't have a life left lesson I can share here. A life lesson should should come from, you know, the, the place of, of wisdom and, and success. I don't feel as if I have, you know, I have something that I can bring you that's come from a place of wisdom or success. Dave, I can, I can softball, or I think in soccer, I can give you the, the ball and you can score a goal. Is that cool if I just... Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I so how do you... Yeah. It sounds like it was a, a little bit of a rough summer in terms of your business. It wasn't as explosive or you know, life-changing as, as maybe you wanted it to be. But like, what, what kept you motivated? Like, how'd you keep going? I'd, I'd love to know that. And maybe that's a life lesson for me and for everyone listening. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we we did a Kickstarter campaign that failed very badly. So that was kind of our big project for the summer and it didn't work out. Our long-term goal is what we've been focused on for the entire year. And that is we're focused on making a protein recovery drink. You know, I, I think we've, to a certain extent, kind of taken our eye off the ball We've done a little bit of promotion, really nothing. And we kind of 
paying the price to a certain extent for that at the moment. So I'm very keen on looking at the the longer term goal, looking at the big picture. And, and for me, that's what I think is really important for this business. I think that's actually a great lesson. I think it's something I, it's a good reminder for myself. Yeah, agreed. And Dave, I want to, I mean, I just want to commend you too for coming on and being willing to do this. If I was in your shoes, I would be scared to come on in front of people on a podcast and give people a look inside my business, commit to making some changes and then coming back and, and being able to like, you know, say whether they worked or not, like that's scary stuff. And so I appreciate, I know Noah appreciates you coming on and doing it. It's something not everyone would do. So I think it's, it's cool. You were brave enough to, <laughs> to put yourself out there in the, in the public light, man. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks guys for, for helping out. You know, I appreciate I appreciate your help. I think I think we did some great stuff, actually. Yeah, and my kind of like life lesson, just you know, kind of wrapping things up here, is I, I think it's just important to know that this stuff is it's easy when you're reading a blog post conversion XL and not a not a hit against Pep. Pep's amazing. He has incredible content. There are any conversion blog for that matter that you can make changes. You can see if they work, and you you know, you iterate your business forward, and it's a very you know it, it's up and to the right. And it's very clear. And I, that's just not the case, like in, in terms of how businesses grow or even in terms of making changes in your business or even analyzing the results of what happens. Like this stuff is messy. I mean, it would have been great if we could come on and Dave, you were like, oh, hey, I did all three things. Bam, bam, bam. But like the, the, the you know, honest truth is like the subscription thing had some nuances that were difficult to implement. And if we could say like, oh, hey, your conversion went up 60% and we could attribute that all to Noah's brilliance and a tiny bit of my help. But that's not how life works. And so I think it's important to to be able to establish, do the best you can. Think about if you have a seasonal business, try to control for that. Try to set rigid or at least real clear measurements about this is what we're going to measure. This is where we're going to determine success. But at the end of the day, realize like a lot of this stuff is not an exact science. There's a lot of squishiness. And to keep moving forward despite that, I think is an important thing to keep in mind. That's all I got. Gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. Noah, thank you for coming on. Dave, thank you for doing this. And again, if you haven't checked out Dave's products, I know you don't ship to the US, but if you're in Europe, they're awesome. They're incredible. I actually, Dave, want to chat with you about getting more of that overnight oats because those things are really good in the breakfast, in the morning for breakfast. So check out his site, wildson.com. We'll link up to the show notes for that. And again, Mr. Noah Kagan, amazing podcast, good guy. Make sure you're listening to him if you're not. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew, just before we finish up. Yeah. We're, we're looking to, to do something on Amazon in the US. So if anyone's listening and they're interested in our products, having looked at our website, shoot me an email, let us know, and we will let you know when we launch on Amazon the US. Perfect. Great. And what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Hello, Wilson.com. I'll get that and I'll uh, add you to uh, a little email list and we'll let you know when we go live. Perfect. Well, Dave, Noah, this has been fun, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrew. Thank Noah. That's going to do it for this week's episode. But if you enjoyed what you heard, check us out at ecommercefuel.com where you'll find the private vetted community for online store owners. And what makes us different from other online communities or forums is that we heavily vet everyone who joins to make sure that they have meaningful experience to contribute to the broader conversation. Everyone who, who we accept has to be doing at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales on their store. And our average member does seven figures plus in sales via their business. And so if that sounds interesting to you, if you want to get you know connected with a group of experienced store owners online, check us out at ecommercefield.com where you can learn more about membership as well as apply. And I have to, again, thank our sponsors who help make this show possible. Clavio, who makes email segmentation easy and powerful. The cool thing about Clavio is they pull in your entire catalog, customer, and sales history to help you build out incredibly powerful automated segments that make you money on autopilot. If you're not using them, check them out and try them for free at Clavio.com. And finally, Liquid Web. If you're on WooCommerce, if you're thinking about getting on WooCommerce, Liquid Web is 
the absolute best hosting platform for three reasons. One, it's built from the ground up for WooCommerce and optimized by some of the best industry professionals in the WooCommerce or WordPress space. They really know the stuff. And it's highly elastic and scalable, as well as comes with a whole suite of tools and performance tests to optimize your store. You can check them out and learn more about their hosted WooCommerce offering at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate you tuning in and looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Brian. Want to connect with and learn from other proven e-commerce entrepreneurs? Join us in the e-commerce fuel private community. It's our tight knit vetted group for store owners with at least a quarter million dollars in annual sales. You can learn more and apply for membership at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you.